0: Next, on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues.
1: The nation of Nicaragua has about six million citizens, but over a million are marching in the streets for democracy and freedom. Today we interview Britt and Audrey Hancock, lifelong missionaries to Nicaragua.
0: Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name.
1: with returning guests and missionaries to Central America, Britt and Audrey Hancock. Britt and Audrey, welcome back to the program.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So, you guys are based in Texas. You have a training program just outside of Austin where you have sent uh, over a hundred missionaries into Central America and Mexico and planted uh, scores of churches among the villages, among the poor. Uh, And I'm not asking you to get political today. I I don't want you to endorse or oppose anyone in uh, the Nicaraguan government, uh, but I do, because you've lived there and because you have such experience on the ground, uh, Britt, I, I want you in particular to bring us up to speed on what we're reading in today's news, that there are over a million people marching in the streets in Managua, Nicaragua. Because of political unrest, what is happening?
2: Yeah, um, the situation in Nicaragua currently is pretty fragile, I think. Um, You can look at it, if you just Google um, Nicaragua News, you'll see all the news feeds and it's all over Facebook. And there have been some uh, really turbulent but maybe common kind of Latin American politics um, that are have been sort of normal for for the countries in Central and South America. Um, um, you know, there's the violence is going up. Um, Nicaragua has, you know, in the last maybe 15 or 18 years, been very stable, been very secure for a Central American country. Um, their economy has you know, climbed and improved and things like that. Um, but there's a lot of unrest right now. Um, you can read about all that, but we, there's a lot of believers in Nicaragua. And we uh, first went there in September of 2012 and we started kind of scoping out, um, you know, the possibility of moving there and starting uh, ministry work, church planning work. And so we finally got on the ground there and I think,
3: 2013,
2: the late no, 14, t- or early 2014, 14. Mm-hmm. and um, so we have national pastors. We and, and mostly our focus is rural, uh, so we do a lot of work in villages. Um, we also um, have a coffee farm there, and so we're pretty vested in the country. Uh, relationally, we have four. That's right, four, f- four missionary families that live there full-time and work there that are integrated in the people and and um, you know so their uh, their struggle for the things that they want, the form of government that they um, that the nation is kind of calling for and things like that it's in flux right now and um, what we don't want is the country to melt down into a, you know a broad-scale Civil War or some kind of bad conflict that a lot of lives will be lost um what we want is is whatever the will of God is for the kingdom of God to be set up for the future to 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 advance as much as possible, but we we don't want a bunch of people dying, you know yeah, and um these things man civil unrest you know uh, it's just like in our own country now in the United States, we're having some substantive discussions about. How we're divining things and right. what the culture is doing, and in relation to what we think about God and what we think about family and what we think about government and what its role is, and even how we define the gospel in the church. You know, is it social justice or is it Great Commission? Or, I mean, it's all those things. There's a lot of flux going on globally.
3: Yeah.
1: My observation, and Audrey, correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, Nicaragua has had these 18 years of, of stability after a very um, um, tumultuous history during the Cold War. We all remember back to the Reagan administration mm-hmm. in the 1980s when Reagan was funding uh, uh, the freedom fighters against the Sandinistas. And, and America, our political interest has always been to promote capitalism right. and, and <clears throat> freedom of economic government and democracy and, and, and they had that for a long time uh, until recently that that has been brought into question but you're not there to promote American interests. No. Nope. You're not there even to promote capitalism versus socialism. You're there to promote the gospel of Jesus right. Christ.
2: That's right and how, how do we best set up people in the most positive environment so that they can meet the Lord Jesus and begin to thrive in their relationship with him and for the cycle of poverty to be broken because Jesus is the most astute at doing that in ways that are sustainable long
1: term.
3: We love this nation. There's been a revival
1: there.
3: Talk about the revival. Well, and we love the nation of Nicaragua and we're so grateful that we have the opportunity to have a ministry there and um, have been welcomed into this place. And so um, we have seen that over the last, how many years would it be that the gospel has really grown in the nation of Nicaragua?
2: Well, during their civil conflict, uh, the civil war they had there when the Sandinistas deposed the dictatorship of Samosa, Um, In the middle of that insecurity, question mark, um, you know, war is a tough thing. And nobody really knows the outcome when you're in the middle of it. And because of the instability, people began to turn to God, the gospel. And the gospel swept through the country, um, so much in the mountains. And so many, many, many people were born again. Yes. There's churches all over, small rural churches all over Nicaragua. Um, I don't know the exact percentage, but somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of the country, um, you know, names evangelical. s- are evangelicals. And um, and so, they, you know, there's a lot of focus there with that. Um,
1: and that's had to have had a political impact. I mean, I, oh yeah. You say the, the the national government now is actually promoting Christianity as right. part of their platform. Yes.
2: Yeah. Like if you if if you go there, you can you can see the um, sort of political billboards, and you'll see that um, it says Nicaragua, Christianismo, Socialismo Solidario, Christian Socialist Solidarity, in that order. And it's because there's so many people there that, that associate themselves with, um, with the gospel. And um, it's, and even it's somewhat of a cultural thing now. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of people who attend gospel churches, meaning they're not Catholic, but they're not born again. You know, It's just like here in the States. There's lots of people in our churches that don't really have a relationship with God. They just are associated with the gospel um, as a life philosophy. And it's that way in Nicaragua. Um, but what we really want is the life of God, the kingdom of heaven to come down, Yes. the fire of heaven to come down. Because poverty is a spirit. It's not, it's not. It's a spirit that shows itself through their economic condition. And if you don't address the spirit and you educate and put economics on top of the spirit of poverty.
3: And this is in any nation.
2: In any nation, in general what you do is create the, the worst form of selfishness. It drives corruption, it drives um, self focused it, it, it drives all kinds of things that are not good and positive for people. And so the solution for all these countries, for our country, for every country on earth we believe is relationship with Jesus right. and the change in thinking that that brings about. Um, to break those cycles. First it has to happen in your spirit and, and and then it happens in your mind and then it follows in your actions.
1: We need to take a short break but when we come back I will ask Britt and Audrey about the spiritual revival that has swept Nicaragua.
4: Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News.
1: How is your marriage doing? I wanna tell you about an exciting new four-part video DVD Bible study series on God's plan for marriage. In this video series, we team up with marriage and family ministry expert, Vince Dacchioli.
5: There are a lot of things that get in the way of our ability to have a healthy marriage. But with the way God intended it, he always wanted us to see his view of our relationship together. So everything we do when we talk about marriage or whether we're talking to men or whether we're talking to pastors and leaders, it all centers around this idea of vision. It's very important that we understand who God is and our relationship with him is right in order for us to be able to live out really and truly Ephesians.
1: And that also informs our role as men how to love our wives. We
5: can't really love them unless we understand the love of God. Exactly. So if you just think about love, we tend to think that love is an emotion. It's more uh, something that I feel, whereas the true definition of love, the way Jesus intended it, is is not just an emotion, but it's it's charity, it's what I do. You know, to the degree that I am able to see my wife or my spouse through his eyes, that determines everything in my relationship. And we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one
1: is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four-part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll-free prayer line at 866-ObeyGod. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org you too can have a godly marriage.
4: Are you frustrated at the direction your country is headed? Are you ready to fight for a cause and change the world? Do you believe God has called Christians to make a difference? Announcing a new book by Chaplain Gordon Klingenschmitt entitled, How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, a step-by-step guide to take back your country. Dr. Alan Keyes wrote the foreword saying, This book needs to be placed in the hands of every millennial and Bible-believing pastor in America. In How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, Gordon Klingenschmitt equips you with 30 powerful political tools in a 30-day devotional. His 15 inspiring true stories of political victory prove the effectiveness of these methods. You don't even need to get elected to take back your government. By becoming the media, gathering petitions, building an army, and prayerfully fighting the right enemy, You can reverse bad laws and help establish the Kingdom of God right now. But if you read this book, you just might get elected too. Order your copy today. It's available in the Superstore at WND.com on Amazon. And you can get the first chapter free right now if you visit the website SchoolofLiberty.org. Again, that's SchoolofLiberty.org. That's SchoolofLiberty.org. It's time to take back your country. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by American Missionaries to Central America, Britt and Audrey Hancock. You guys have been in country over 30 years. You've had your own ministry there for the last 10 years, let's say. Uh, but. With all of that experience, you must have seen so much change politically from, from uh, election to election. Describe their idea of democracy.
2: Um, well, we spent most of our years in Mexico. Uh, so we first moved to Mexico in 97 and we lived full time there until 2012. Um, so we could talk a lot about Mexico. But in Nicaragua, our experience has been really only with the current government and um, they, I can sp- Have
1: they supported you yes,
2: yes. they've been very
1: um, very welcoming
2: they've been w- very welcoming for NGOs non-governmental organizations particularly from the United States in general because they have deep gratitude for the work that we're doing and trying to help the poor yes mm-hmm. you know and so they have a pr- they have an appreciation for that um, and we're we're grateful for that um, we you, went, have you
1: met President Ortega? No, life? not,
2: not have, have not met him personally. Okay. Um, we, we're registered with the government. Um, they've not been unduly uh, hindering to us. So we're very grateful um, from that respect because that gives us the ability to be there and right. connect with the people. Um, and to serve the people. You're and not to there serve to, the people.
1: You're not there to rule the people. You're there to educate the poor.
2: Yeah, I have pr- met with and prayed with the head of the Sandinista Party. Um, it was not a political thing; it was uh, a thing for the gospel. For we have met with 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 past leaders and past president, prayed with them for wisdom and blessing and on the nation. What we want is the wisdom of God to sit down on the mountain of government, so that the the quality of life for everyone can increase. Because the gospel causes everything to flower in a positive way, not a negative way. And so our, I think our error a lot of times has been um, the attachment of the gospel or political activism. That's done a lot of damage. Now, I don't, you know, human rights and all those things, we're, we're for basic human rights in, positive, in a positive way. But the solution is the gospel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- in recent weeks, the the senior police chief has resigned in protest against the government. There have been people, and, and they've been there've been suppression of the media, and there's been violence in the streets, but the media is not allowed to talk about it. But on Facebook, you see this uh, po- popular uprising where people are reporting, uh, you know, and, and showing video of hundreds of thousands of people marching in the streets, and we don't want violence. And I wonder, Audrey, if you would just help us pray for a peaceful resolution to what the people want, what the government is trying to provide. Uh, I think prayer is ultimately the best peacemaking tool. No doubt about it. That's right. Would you help us? Yes.
3: Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the nation of Nicaragua. And Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be in this nation and to bring the truth of who you are. And we thank you, Father, that you are the one who can take care of these situations and you can give wisdom and knowledge, you can give understanding, you can bring peace. Lord, we pray for the government of Nicaragua that they would make good and wise decisions. We thank you, Father, for those who are praying around that nation. We thank you for the pastors who are lifting up their nation in prayer and asking you for blessings on their country. Father, we ask that there will be no violence, We ask that there would be not one more person that dies in the midst of this. And we ask that there would be a peaceful resolution, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this nation. And we ask, Lord, that the fire of heaven would come and that you would touch the hearts of every decision maker. And we bless you, we glorify your name, we ask Lord Jesus that you would be honored in the nation of Nicaragua and in the nation of the United States of America. And we thank you for the opportunity to work in both nations, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Let's take another short break. When we come back, I'll ask Britt about his book, Apprehended.
4: This is PIJN News. Defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back.
1: Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, There are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-OBEY-GOD Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and get this important video resource for your family. Are you pro-life? Do you believe that abortion kills innocent children? If so, I want you to take action today and sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's three petitions we need you to sign. The number one is to stop Planned Parenthood from getting your taxpayer dollars. Did you know they've received now $487 million in your taxpayer dollars? I don't think that's right. They use that money to facilitate 329,445 abortions, not really to pay for adoption or mammograms, but just to kill innocent children. Sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's number two petition we want you to sign, and that's to defund Obamacare. This bad healthcare law is now forcing Christian employers to pay for contraception, sterilization, and abortion pills free of charge for all their employees or the Christian employer has to pay a $100 fine per day per employee. That's gonna bankrupt our friends like the Hobby Lobby Corporation, Christian business owners, and even Catholic hospitals now are being forced to pay for abortions. The Obama administration is now promoting the Plan B abortion pill over the counter for children as young as seven years old. Here's petition number three we need you to sign at PrayInJesusName.org to help pass Senate Bill 583, the Life Begins at Conception Act. This personhood bill, introduced by my friend, Senator Rand Paul, can actually defend life and help overturn Roe versus Wade. Take action today. I know you care about the unborn, but please sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. We will fax that petition free of charge to your congressman. Sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today if you're pro-life.
0: Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Britt Hancock has written this book, Apprehended, which is about his personal calling from god brett you and audrey were called together as young people to be missionaries Uh, talk about your personal calling how did god speak to you
2: yeah um actually when we got married at our wedding we um we started a life together and we also wanted to have ministry um at our wedding so we kind of left as husband and a husband and wife the recessional the recessional then we came back in and we ministered, and we had four people get born again at our wedding, and we had worship, and wow. and uh, so, um, y- you know, there's uh, we were at Auburn University at the time. That's where we met. You're um, from Alabama. From Alabama, yeah. She's Audrey's from Georgia. She grew up in Atlanta. I grew up outside of Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, and so I went to Auburn, and the Lord sent her to Auburn so that we could Yay. find each other, and uh, that was go Tigers yeah that's right yes yes and uh, we've been married 30 years um, and it's been an awesome journey and we just wanted to serve Jesus and follow the steps that he laid out in front of us and uh, so when we we made the decision um, to quote-unquote go full-time I was a contractor and my dad was a, a builder all my life and so that's what I was doing Audrey was still in school and um and so the time came for for us to kind of make the leap so to speak um the lord told me i want you to give up your ability to make money for your family and trust me and follow what i have for you and so we did and i had an encounter with the lord and he talked to me about missions and training missionaries and and i was like i don't know anything about that overwhelming but i'm willing to take the steps you had a mountaintop
1: experience did you hear from the lord Oh, yeah.
2: I actually um, was sitting, I climbed up on this mountain uh, in the Yellowstone National Park backcountry. And uh, we were there. um, I was just walking and hiking and praying and seeking God over what this journey with God maybe needed to look like. Because we went full time, but, you know, we kind of started our own organization. We were working with students and things like that. But, I mean, what does that mean? What do you want Jesus? And so we we're just there, I was just there walking and praying every day and and uh, climbed up on this mountain and the Lord uh, showed me this vision um, it was multifaceted, complicated, many moving parts, and I was kind of overwhelmed and um, and he told me essentially he didn't he didn't like say it this way, but the best way that I can distill down in one sentence. What he told me was, "I want you to recruit, train, place, and pastor missionaries." And uh, he asked me a question. He said, "Son, what happens if if what would happen if the U.S. military recruited civilians straight off the general out of the general population, put a uniform in their hands, a gun in their hands, and sent them to the battlefront?" Well, I happen to know, you know, that during the Napoleonic Wars and maybe some during World War II you know, European powers, and maybe we didn't train people either as good as we should, and so we sent them there, and that's the word where the term cannon fodder comes from. And so um, he said, that's right, and that's largely what the church is doing, Um, and I'm going to show you how to help people get ready. Wow! And then I had an encounter with him March the 10th, 1999, where I saw people sliding in hell, and had this vision, and and the Lord looked at me and he said, he took me to countries all around the world, funnels into hell and people sliding. I could smell the smell and hear the screams and, and he put in your peace. We thank you for the way that you care um, about the countries of this world, Nicaragua, Mexico, the United States, every, every political entity you care and you have an opinion about. Yes, and Father, I, I, I pray also that the activity of the Holy Spirit right Jesus. now would go heart to heart, mind to mind, mm. soul to soul, spirit to spirit. Call workers to your field. Yes, Jesus. Work in issues mm. in people's hearts and their identities and, and the trauma that they've that they've suffered emotionally and maybe physically, Lord. We ask for your power. We ask for your presence. We ask for healing and deliverance, Lord. But I ask that you give us a single-minded focus, Father, in the name of Jesus, to live in you, to follow you, to respond to you and never say, I will not do that. Yes, Jesus. If it comes from your heart, help us be willing, Lord, to reach out our arms and take up our cross. And follow you every single day. Deny ourselves. Because the life that you give us. Is without compare. The quality of our life. Cannot be compared. To who you are.
1: And how you are in us Father. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank Britt Audrey Hancock's website is. MountainGateway.org Our website is. PrayInJesusName.org We're out of time. But please call us if you need prayer. At 866 God. We'll see you next time. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today.